0: Okay, well, uh, welcome to today's episode. It is the first episode of the Dinner Table, blog, or the Dinner Table Podcast. Um, this is a very interesting labor of love for me. Um, I'm not really wanting to be someone who sits here and pontificates and bloviates about today's society um, or to tell people, necessarily how they should live or the way they should live or different things like that. But I do know that uh, I think that this podcast, uh, hopefully it will get better as it progresses down the road. Uh, again, hopefully the people who listen to this for the first time are very forgiving uh, in their critiques. Um, but the Dinner Table podcast... Uh, hopefully turning into the Dinner Table uh, YouTube channel, the Dinner Table bl- website, um, and many things to come in the future uh, will bring about uh, what we're all hoping for, um, at least clarity and knowledge. As uh, one of my favorite talk show hosts uh, says that he favors clarity over being right, and I hope that that's what we have here. Um, so what? why are we doing the Dinner Table podcast, and why is it called the Dinner Table podcast? Why that interesting name? Well, uh, I myself am a school teacher. Uh, I am a coach. I am someone who uh, has many students, and my students have asked me for something that they can listen to, something that they can watch, Um, to help them greater understand uh, the subject matter that I teach. And so I've interpreted that as that there is a need. Uh, Also, the reason why I'm beginning this podcast is because uh, there's a great quote by Ronald Reagan, which says that the change we seek will occur around the dinner table. That's why we gave it the name The Dinner Table Podcast. The Dinner Table podcast, um, I'm literally sitting in my home's dinner table right now. Um, And hopefully, uh, as I grow and do more episodes, uh, this podcast will uh, be at other people's dinner tables and we'll be able to have real conversations. Um, But what Reagan was talking about, the change that we see, is this was at the height of the conservative uh, revolution. Uh, we had had 50-plus uh, had had years of um, you know, per, uh, unchecked progressive agenda in our Congress, in our government. Uh, we had the Warren Radical Court. We had all those different things. And what Reagan was hoping to achieve was a cultural revolution, uh, to borrow Mao's term, uh, to change our country back to... Um, a country that held morality and held values to a high standard, and where he believed that that took place was around the dinner table, because the family, the parents, those are those things. Well, he's true; he has truth in that, um, because uh, again, uh, Christian apologist Ravi Zacharias says that culture explanation needs application at the dinner table, and what he means by that is the arguments have to take place. Then you have the artistic interpretation, and then you have the application at the dinner table. In other words, what does it all mean? What was the argument saying? What was the, the, the social culture, the, the Hollywood, as conservatives say, what were they all trying to say about that issue? And so Robbie Zacharias believes that that should be taking place at the dinner table, and I wholeheartedly agree. Some of the best conversations I've ever had with my family has happened at the dinner, around the dinner table. And I think a return back to the dinner table, uh, it sounds dodgy. It sounds, you know, oh, that's so, you know, leave it to beaver. That's so um, yesterday. We don't eat at the dinner table anymore. We eat sitting in front of the TV or we eat on the run or we go out to eat. Um, Well, and yeah, that's true. That's absolutely true. But we need time to sit down and discuss things with friends and family. And it can't just be... You know, a 140-character tweet. It can't just be a one-liner on Facebook. Uh, It can't be a short video on uh, Instagram. It can't be a short video in, um, in all the different types of media. It can't be a little witty meme. It can't be a GIF. It can't be all those things. We have to get away from the soundbite culture. And we have to get together with friends. And we have to have real conversation. And that's what I'm hoping uh, this will be. I hope it's a real conversation. I hope it's a time to uh, discuss real issues, have some fun, uh, multi you know, discuss uh, educational issues. You know, I mean, we're going to talk about things that are important, and we're gonna we're gonna learn, and we're gonna have fun, and we're gonna have discussions. And uh, ultimately, um, that's what's going to happen. And it, it's it's a real exciting opportunity that I feel. Uh, We I have here uh, to help my students one uh, understand life and understand the world around them and understand what's going to happen. But also too, just to have fun talking with my friends, uh, talking with my family. Uh, You guys are going to get to meet my family and my kids and and all that good stuff. Uh, You're going to get to meet my friends. I have a I have a very eclectic group of friends who have varying uh, interests. Uh, I have my mother is incredibly talented when it comes to figuring out hacks, figuring out ways to do things in the kitchen and in home, and and she has amazing insights on life. Um, my daughter is incredibly knowledgeable about STEM. Uh, my dad and I we love talking about sports. My sister and I we love talking about movies and pop culture. Um, I've got other people that hopefully I can get bring in um, and discuss deep and intellectual topics and at the same time discuss pop culture and fun topics. So uh, I'm really looking forward to what this podcast will do. But who is our target? What are we targeting? Why? Are, again, what's my why? Right. Everybody wants to know why are you doing this? Well, my why in this is ultimately I want to see a cultural change. I'm noticing things uh, in our culture. I'm noticing issues in our culture that weren't there when I was a kid, that weren't there when my parents were kids, weren't there when my grandparents were kids. And why are we seeing it? Why does it feel like the world is upside down? Why does it feel like um, that we are out of control? Why are these things like that? And so that's what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to explain some things, but at the same time, we're going to have some fun. You know, um, nobody wants to listen to a podcast for 30 minutes at a time and be bored out of their mind. Okay. Uh, That's one of the reasons why I want to do a YouTube channel as well is because I want people to be able to see uh, what's going on, what we're talking about, um, and be able to do those things. So again, uh, but who's our main target? Well, our main target are millennials and young people. Uh, That's who I deal with on a daily basis. I hope that I can reach them. Uh, help them to um, have a greater understanding. Um, Also, we are going to uh, target anyone and everyone who is wanting to learn and just have some fun. Uh, One of the things that I believe is true uh, when it comes to culturally is I believe that the younger generations are just lost. Um, They don't really understand or know uh, their cultural heritage, uh, why there are certain state, why we, why we do certain things, and because of that, uh, through the pr- through the lens that they've been taught in school, how they've been taught how to evaluate culture, they see things as negative. They see things as uh, against what they've been taught, and so they're going out there and they're ranting and raving against things. They're I mean they're 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 bending towards the wind and, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're bending towards windmills. Uh, they're fighting against the the tornado as it were. And so I kind of want to help my students with that. Um, and I want to help, uh, other people that may be in the same boat with that as well. So who am I? What qualifies me, uh, to be able to, talk about this, to put this out there, to feel like I have a legitimate voice, uh, as it were. Well, um, my name is, again, uh, it's in the title, my name is uh, Joe Sheehan. I am an educator. I am a father. Uh, I'm a coach. Uh, I coach football and baseball. Uh, I also coach basketball, but most, you know, I'm a coach. Uh, I also have a uh, Bachelor's of Arts in Political Science from the University of North Texas. I have a Master's Degree in Diplomacy, uh, which is a fancy name for international relations, uh, with a um, specialization in terrorism, or what would be also known as counterterrorism, from uh, Norwich University in Vermont. Uh, I've spent the greater part of my adult life working in politics um, I was a staff writer in what they call a legislative correspondent uh, for a United States congressman from my home state in in Washington D.C. I lived in Washington D.C. for about a year until my wife told me that she didn't want to live there anymore, and so we moved back to Texas, um, which is my home. This is where I'm from, uh, where you are based out of Fort Worth, Texas. So rock and roll, uh, I. I am a student of apologetics, I'm a student of the Bible, I'm also the student, uh, I never stop learning, I'm always reading, Uh, matter of fact, uh, always feel free, if if there's a way to make comments for this podcast, always feel free to recommend books, always feel free to recommend movies, music, the like, I like to do those things, so that's me, I'm also a father, I have three beautiful daughters, um, of which have me wrapped around their fingers, Have me wrapped around their multiple fingers. I love those little girls, and I'm married to my high school sweetheart. Uh, My high school sweet and I heart have been together for uh, 23 years, so we're we're pretty established in that. And uh, so that's that's the way things are. That's who I am. That's uh, me in a nutshell. Um, So there you go. So what to expect? Again, uh, the approach will be serious and funny and entertaining. Cover all topics, focusing on religion, uh, primarily focusing on religion, culture, and politics. Uh, however, sports, movies, books, etc., are also on the table. Uh, hopefully, this will be a thirty to forty-five minute uh, in length podcast. I don't want to sit here and uh, take all of your time. Um, and uh, if if it does go over thirty or forty-five minutes, especially if I have if I have guests, then uh, we will ultimately um, uh, have multiple parts. We'll I'll edit it and divide it up, and we'll make it into uh, different parts so that way. Again, you're busy people. Uh, you don't need someone tripping in here all day. So again, uh, this is the Dinner Table, the Dinner Table uh, podcast, uh, episode one. Uh, today's uh, topic that we're going to cover with the remaining amount of time is um, the cultural crisis. What I'm seeing uh, going on out there and all that good stuff. Okay, so uh, we're back. Uh, we're going to talk about the cultural crisis. Um, so what does it mean to be in crisis? Well, it means that we are experiencing a, almost an identity crisis uh, in who we are, uh, what it means to be an American, what it means to be uh, a Christian, what it means to be uh, male, what it means to be female. Uh, what it means to be white, black, Hispanic, you name it. Uh, it seems like everything is being challenged and everything is on top of its head. Um, and as a result, because of this, what we're seeing is an increase in what would be loosely called uh, the mob mentality. Um, people are mobbing together. Uh, people are, through their outrage and through their ire, finding like individuals, taking to the streets, demanding change, demanding things. And at the same time, uh, those moms are starting to get violent. Uh, we see this in the protests at the University of California Berkeley when Ben Shapiro tried to speak. Uh, we see this during the Donald Trump um presidential run where people were throwing things at trump supporters Um, one woman you know was hit in the head and was bleeding because she had the audacity to support a candidate that people hated uh we see a desire to silence opposition Um, we see a criminalization of politics through the Mueller investigation uh through um, through false accusation of crime, criminal activity uh, against Supreme Court nominations. Um, we see a lot of things that make people go, whoa, 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 wait, wait. This is not the country I recognize anymore. This is not who we are as a nation. This is not what we espouse. This is not part of what Dennis Prager calls you know, the trinity of America. And so um, that's one of what I'm seeing is I'm seeing this, this cultural crisis that's going out there. And so one of the things that I wanted to to talk about was this culture of outrage, okay, this mob, um, people mobbing together, people coming together based on their outrage, based on their, and seeking to silence opposition, seeking to go out there. Um, they're, they're not hanging people yet. You know, they're not going and grabbing people and stringing them up. They're not, you know, they're not becoming a lynch mob as of yet. But they are becoming kind of a politically correct lynch mob. Um, When universities now are afraid to allow uh, conservative speakers on campus because they're afraid of the damage that will cause to the campus. Or when um, universities are telling groups like the Young American Federation or the Young Republicans or the College Republicans... That in order to have a speaker on campus, they have to come up with a security deposit, but they can't use outside resources. They have to come up with it themselves. Uh, Those types of things are all based on this idea that these words are going to incite a riot. Well, Why will words incite riots? Why are people reacting so viscerally to, to words? Just words. That's all it is. It's just somebody getting up there and talking. I mean, look at the response that people are having towards uh, stand-up comedians now. Uh, You know, stand-up comedians have made a living, a living, for almost a hundred years or more. I mean, going all the way back to the jesters uh, in rural courts, uh, making fun of people. That's their job. That's what they do. They make fun of society. They see things. I mean, Jerry Springer. Or not Jerry Springer? excuse me. <laughs> There's a Canadian in himself. But uh, Jerry Seinfeld. Jerry Seinfeld, you know, his, he's known for that, that whole, what's wrong with these people? You know, that whole phrase. You know, what's wrong with these people? That's his phrase. And he makes fun of society. And everybody is on their target list. But no, not anymore. No, no the PC mob is out there. They're looking for who they can destroy. They're seeking whom they can devour. All in the name of inclusion and diversity. Well, is that really inclusion? Is that really diversity? Is that really what we're looking for in our society? Is inclusion and diversity really what we're looking for in our society? Or is it something that happens organically? Can we force diversity? These are all questions. But at the same time, the mob, the PC mob is out there. And they're trying to silence that Well, why? Why is what comes out of our mouth so important? Why do these people have to feel like, why do they feel like they have to be violent? Now, some people might go on and say that, that it's because, you know, Mao and the Communist Manifesto, some of my people, you know, some of my conservative friends will say, well, this is just part of that political agenda. You know, they, they've, they have to have that bloody revolution. Well, you know, maybe that's an element. Maybe there are agitators out there who want that. Maybe that is. Maybe Maybe that's the element. Maybe that is what they want. I don't know. I don't know. But I do know this. I do know this. They definitely want to silence their opposition. They definitely do not want to allow their opposition a voice and they choose to do so violently or they choose to do so by being disrespectful, by being disruptive. Uh, you see, you've see, you seen the videos out there, hopefully. Uh, if you haven't, we'll put links towards it, of Ben Shapiro trying to speak and people standing up and shouting him down. And Ben Shapiro rightly draws from history and compares them to the brown shirts in Germany. That's exactly what the brown shirts in Germany would do. Okay, but here's here's an interesting thing, okay? We call and we see that, and we see that on the side of you know, the progressives, the sides of the left. But during the Tea Party, did we not do the same things? Did we not go to the, members, the congressional members' meetings and shout them down? Did we not act just the same towards progressives? This is not something that's occurring just on the left. This is something that's occurring on the right as well. We're seeing, we're seeing people simply be disrespectful. But, so why? Well, I believe on the side of the left, and, po- and, and possibly may have entered into the side of the right, is, is this, philis- this philosophical underpinning of postmodernism. This idea that there is no truth, that truth is subjective, that truth can only be true to you or me individually, and that any widely held truths, uh, any cultural norms that were based on truth or based on science or based on uh, explanation must be challenged, must be destroyed. This is postmodernism. This is what postmodernism believes. So that way the individual can be free from uh, Free from tyranny, free from oppression, free from... So they can be free to live the life how they choose, without guilt, without repercussion. Unfortunately, the truth is a corresponding... The truth is a corresponding reality to that which is real. In other words, that which is really happening that is what, what, what reality truly is so in other words it's the truth is not subjective it's it's incredibly objective it is only what is really what reality really is it's a corresponding result it's co- it's a corresponding result to reality as it really is so in other words when we have this discussion about sex about sex right male and female okay if, if everybody walked around without pants, there would be only a fraction of a percent of people out there whom you could not tell what sex they were. Everyone else, there would be an objective reality. They are either male or they are female. That's it. So that's, that's, that's a crude explanation of what truth is, but that's truth. Okay, Gravity is true. There's not a different definition of gravity for everyone else. That's an objective truth. So these are these are things. So postmodernism has made its way through. And that's what you see a lot of, especially in the progressive. But sometimes, sometimes you see it on the right too. I think what you see on the right, um, especially in the Tea Party, what resulted in the Tea Party, was a visceral reaction to Feeling like they weren't being heard. Feeling like their voice was being ignored. Both by the Republican Party, by the Democrats, uh, by the media. And then, as a result, because they came out and because they spoke, you had another reaction by their government to try to silence them. And that only inflamed them more. Uh, you had the IRS scandal where the IRS targeted Tea Party groups, but didn't target anybody else. Uh, you had congressmen who wouldn't allow people into their or wouldn't allow people to ask questions. They had to submit their questions in on writing first, and then the moderator got to choose what questions the person would answer. Uh, that's not really a town hall, <laughs> yeah, if you if you really think about it. And and, and there it is. So you have, you have this, this, um, this culture of outrage that's really been brewing in our society since uh, 2008. Um, and people have legitimized it. People have uh, gone out there and said uh, and treated these people as heroes. And again, it's, it's this idea of postmodernism and this feeling of having no voice. What would the answer necessarily be to this culture of crisis? You know, to this culture of outrage, this cultural crisis that we're seeing. Um, Well, I think, in my opinion, we need a return to established and confirmed truth. We need to know what the truth is and we need to hold to it. And we need a return to respectability to this idea that there's a certain way that you act in society that's based on mutual respect and that's based on civility, hence the name civilization. Civilization is important. It gives us the rule of law. It gives us a code by which we live so that way we can walk down the street and not feel accosted, not feel threatened, we're not having to walk around looking behind our backs. It gives us a sense of security in our, in our form of government and those who are in charge. Um, it, and when there is civility, a breach of that civility is seen with greater clarity. There's not a question of what really happened. If we return back to that civil, and that's why we call it civilization. Well, civilization is built on objective truth. Civilization is built on truth. And again, what is truth? Truth is a correspondence to reality as it really is. That's truth. It's a correspondence to reality as it really is. So that's truth. So it's observable, it's objective, it's not subjective, and it's grounded in certain things. Well, what is it grounded in? What is truth grounded in? Well, truth has to be grounded in some form of morality. Okay, it has to be grounded in morality. Has to be. Truth is moral. Truth is virtuous. All right, and therefore. Those who challenge truth are challenging our morality, are challenging our virtue. And so these are, these, this is what the Dinner Table podcast is going to try to do in future episodes. We're going to try to reteach truth, to find truth, to talk about truth. And while we do it, we're going to try to have a little fun. Okay? Try to have a little little gas. Right? Because in the end, if you can't have fun living life, then what's life worth living? You know? And, but we're going to talk about serious topics. We're going to talk about real things. We're going to get things out. Um, as this progresses, I'll, hopefully you'll have an email address for people to uh, comment on. For people to uh, send me their comments, to send me their thoughts um i'll try to answer some in the next podcast if it happens but ultimately i want you to keep in mind even though this is a podcast where we're sitting around the dinner table having a good time understand that you need to be having these conversations around your dinner table you need to be talking to your family don't be afraid to have the real talks don't be afraid to have the deep conversations put down the phone and I know I'm on technology and I'm doing a podcast. But seriously, put down the phone. Go talk to your mom and dad. Go talk to your brother and sister. Go talk to your friends. Have, don't be afraid to have the real conversations that you need to have. Don't be afraid to talk about deep subjects. Don't be afraid to be offended. Allow yourself to be offended. Allow yourself to be insulted. But handle it with grace and humility. And do your best to explain your position. But understand, any true conversation has to come through truth. Seek clarity. Seek truth. Know where each other are coming from. Don't allow these conversations to destroy the wonderful relationships that hopefully they'll build. Well, with that being said, I just want to go ahead and start wrapping up. Just let you guys know. Hey, listen, I'm out here praying for you guys I'm out here looking uh, forward to future conversations, and just know you're head and not the tail, above and not beneath, and highly favored of the Lord. God bless, and thank you for listening.